Well, it's good to be home. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat, everyone. It's a blessing to be here. And I tell you, God is just, um, God is so good. You know, and I always get excited when I get to come uh, to New Harvest. And I, I, I say, you know, Pastor Richard will call me and I'm like, wow, I mean, I'm, I'm going back. And I get excited, so I talk to my wife. I'm going back. I'm going back to New Harvest. And, and so um, my wife sends her love, and we're just so, so truly, truly blessed uh, to be here with you. You know, this morning is so good. I mean, it's just uh, the messages from Pastor Eric, Pastor Dan. What, what, a, what a powerful time in the Word of God. Amen? And we, could, we should never take this lightly. We should never get to a place where we're bored with this. Or we're like, oh, I need something new. No, God's word is, is, is new every time. And so, um, and men, uh, Pastor Dan did not talk uh, about what he was teaching and what I'm teaching. And I'm going to talk in this session about fighting for the future. He talked about back to the future. But I want to talk about fighting for the future. Because... It's no secret, and we look at our world today, when we look at what's happening, even in the local church, the, the big C, the church itself, uh, it's, it's um, in a lot of ways it could be depressing, in a lot of ways it can be frustrating, but at the same time, I believe that God still has a purpose for the local church. Yes. Amen. And I love the theme of this conference this year. I love the theme of mission-minded, because I believe it's important for us to get into that place again, to reboot. You know, someone was asking me the other day what I think about the whole pandemic, and I have some, I have some things I think about the pandemic. There's been a lot of crazy things happening, things that, uh, you know, some of us never thought would happen in our lifetime. But one of the things I walk away with from the pandemic is what God has done in this season that I believe that God stopped everything. I don't believe that it was God that caused COVID and all the things that were being impacted with in this time. But I believe God used this moment for the local church. Because up to this point, the church has kind of been in kind of a robot mode. The church has kind of been an autopilot. The church has kind of been doing things the same way, kind of taking our cues from the world. And God is like, no, listen, as everything else is stopping, I'm going to do something within the church as well. And so I believe this is a moment for us as believers in the local church to understand the mission. What is the mission? And to be focused and be mission-minded. A mission is simply this. It is an important long-term assignment carried out for a particular purpose. A mission is an important long-term. I want to put emphasis on that word long-term, on those words long-term. Because sometimes we get so focused, and i got to have it right now. Because we live in this instant mindset of things. We live in this world where everything has to be quick. Everything has to be right there. If the Wi-Fi is not fast enough, think about it. Your Wi-Fi now used to be the fastest Wi-Fi you ever knew. And now your Wi-Fi is not fast enough for you. We used to be able to go through the drive-through with just one lane and wait. Now you got to have three lanes, and that's not fast enough. Everything is just, we need it now. Well, mission, the mission of God, which is our, our assignment as all believers, is very simple. 
We are to be uh, living our lives in such a way that helps others to know God, others to come into a knowing and growing relationship with Jesus Christ. A knowing. See, a lot of times we get stuck with the idea of people knowing God, but I believe it has to go further than knowing God. I believe it has to go to a place of growing in God. And that's the assignment of the local church. It's an important long-term. Everybody say long-term. You're going to have to be in this for the long-term. We've got to be in this to the end. And that's why I think now some churches did not make it past the pandemic. I don't get real frustrated when I hear churches closing. I do want, believe that those that are supposed to stay open should stay open. But in this season, God is doing some things. He's pruning so that the mission long-term can be accomplished. Mission-minded simply means this, to understand the assignment. Everybody say, I understand the assignment. You got to understand the assignment, the assignment that God has placed on the local church. And that assignment means that when I understand this, so understand that the devil is going to do everything he possibly can to get your mind off of the mission, to get your mind off of the assignment that God has called you to do as the local church. Mission-minded. It means to be paying attention. I got to pay attention. It means my thoughts are in line with what God wants to do. I'm intentional about the mission. It's also, it means to have the proper attitude about the mission. Notice what we did not title this conference as. We, didn't, we said it's to be mission-minded, not material-minded. We got a lot of people who are material-minded. We got a lot of people who are media-minded. We're taking our cues from the media. The media says this, social media says that, and that's what becomes the voice. That's what becomes the focus for their life, but we got to be mission-minded. Everybody say mission-minded. Not material-minded. It's not about the stuff. I remember when being in church, and I remember first getting the word of God and remember like, man, God wants me to have things, and God blesses when I'm, bless when I'm blessed. I get that, and I believe in that. But this is not what this is about anymore. Stuff doesn't do anything. It changes. It upgrades. The, everything about it is no longer the same. I remember there was a time I thought that a certain car was the type of car to drive. You know, let me tell you the most amazing kind of car you need to have. You want, I'm going to tell you the best car to drive. Here it is. Everybody get ready. This is the best car to drive, a paid-for car. Paid for. But I remember when that was the, I mean, I had to have this kind of car with this kind of symbol. It had to have these kinds of rims and all of that. And it's just a mindset of material things. We also didn't say that this conference is about me. It's, don't be me-minded. So many people are in the mission are going in, ch are in church for them. What title can I get? What position can I get? When I'm gonna get an opportunity to stand and preach? When I'm gonna get an opportunity to lead a program? When I'm gonna get the opportunity to, somebody's gonna pay attention to me? Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not about you. Now turn to your second um, choice and say that. It's, it's not about you. Go ahead and tell them it's not about you. Here's the next thing this conference is not titled. You can't be man-minded. It's mission-minded. It's not about the man. And so much and so many have made the mission about men 
And I'm grateful that I've had the longevity and ministry I've had. I'm grateful when I hear that Pastor Richard is 73 years young today and he's an amazing man. When I get the opportunity to preach back to back with, with, with my best friend, one of my best friends in the world, Pastor Eric Lawson, I mean, after many years, we've traveled the world together and, and done this together. But you know what? Him, all of them will tell you, it's not about us. And it's not about you. And we've got to stop putting men in the place where God is supposed to be. You know, I love about this church what the mission is. And I thought about this and started praying. The mission of this church is very simple. It's a multicultural, multigenerational uh, community composed of people from all walks of life. That's what it's going to take to win the world, to so make a difference in the impact. It's going to have to be people with all different kinds of things. Your life, your story matters. Your story matters. Don't think just because you're not up here preaching. Don't think because you don't have a title in front of your name that you don't matter. Listen, your, your, your story matters to the mission. There's somebody that needs to hear what God done in your life, your testimony. Yes, don't hide the fact that you did certain things and ashamed of what you did. God's not ashamed of you. Understand the assignment today. And we talk about fighting for the future. That's what it's going to take. We're going to have to continue the fight. It's not going to be easy as we can see now. There are people that have given up in the fight. There are people that have forgot about the fight. There's some people that are like, you know what, I'm just, I don't feel like fighting anymore. I am ready for the fight. Amen. I am ready for the fight. The fight, we got to fight for the future. Not just the future generations, but the future of the church the future of the mission, the assignment of the church. I understand the assignment. My assignment is not to be rich. My assignment is not to be famous. My assignment is not to have titles. That's not what my assignment is. Amen. Ooh, this is good. This is the best preaching I've done all day. Amen. But everybody wants to know what's next. We live in a culture that's asking, what's next? What's next? And we are constantly searching for what's next. We're Googling for what's next. We're, we're, people are going to uh, um, astrologers for what's next and palm readers and all that. You know, every, every person in here at one time or another, you've gone to the, 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 the Chinese restaurant and, and you've gotten those fortune cookies and you've opened up them fortune cookies trying to figure out what's next. And every now and then God does show up inside of those little things, but I want you to know something that... Um, <laughs> God. You ever read one of them like, oh my gosh, wait a minute now. I was just playing, but this really is God. <laughs> Here's the thing I know about God. God is not giving us this thing to hope and wish. God's assignment is right now, understanding the assignment right now. A fight is simply this. When we say fight, Understand what a fight is. Because a lot of people hear fight, that means that, oh my gosh, I got to fight? Yeah, you have to fight. But I got good news for you about the fight. A fight means taking part in a battle or confrontation against an opponent, opponent to make right what one considers unfair and unjust. So it's taking part in a battle or confrontation. 
The devil's not backing down. Look what he's doing. Look at the things that are happening. I mean, the, his agenda, he understands his assignment. The one thing I'll say about, about the, the, the devil is he understands his assignment. And we have to understand our assignment. We're in a battle. It's not going to come easy. It's not going to come easy because you're born again. You go to a great church and you know the word of God and all those great things. You have testimony. It, you're going to have confrontation. But there's no bigger fight for Christians and believers than the fight for the future, especially when it comes to our faith. And one of the things I've seen the enemy do in this season is attack the faith of believers and those who say I'm in for the mission. The devil knows that if he can defeat you in your faith, he can not only control your future, he can hinder your ability to please God and he can hinder the mission of the local church. But it's not going to happen. Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is. Everybody say now faith. That's important to understand that faith is always now. No matter what's happening in the circumstances, no matter what's happening in the world, faith is always now. Faith is not tomorrow. Faith is not next year. Faith is not when I get it together. Faith is not when I'm perfect. But now faith the reason why I'm still here after 40 plus years of being in ministry is I stay in this place of now faith. Not that I'm perfect at all, but now faith is the substance of things hoped for. We've got, as a church, we've got to get back to the place of believing God that every seat is filled, believing God that everybody's serving, believing God that people can be delivered from alcohol and drugs, and people can be delivered from demonic. Uh, um, um, depression and all the things that are happening. Let's stop ex accepting what the world says. Now, faith, I see, Lord God, that people are not depressed. I call them out of depression. I come against the spirit of suicide. We got to get a faith in our hearts again. That's what I'm talking about when I say fight. We got to fight for what we know is right. Let's stop accepting that everybody is doing this and everybody's doing that and all marriages are coming to an end. No, they're not. Amen. Our fight is in faith. What's the Bible says? The Bible says in, in, in Hebrews 11:6, but without faith, not without programs. Amen. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. One other scripture in Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. And why I call this, this is why it's so important to not be apologetic about a fight. Because here's the good thing about us as a fight. It's a good fight. It's a good fight because we win. But you've got to fight. Everybody say, you got to fight. You got to fight. You got to get back in the ring. You got to fight. You got to get back. Remember, there was a time you would be the one opening the church, not the last one coming to church. You got to get back to that place where prayer is important to you. You got to get back to that place where devotions and reading the Word of God is important to you. You got to get back to the place of holiness where certain things I'm just not going to watch, certain things I'm just not going to participate in. I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not going to allow myself to settle for what is less when God has provided for me to have the best. I'm not going to, I'm going to fight the good fight. Amen. We win. So how do I fight? 
What do I do to fight? I mean, man, I've been, you know, he's like, I've been hit from all kinds of ways. If you're looking at this in, in terms of fight, we have been hit all kinds of ways out of nowhere. So how do you fight? So I started thinking about how do you fight for the future? I started thinking about it, and, and the Lord took me back to a situation in my life when I was in the fifth grade. And I got into a fight at school. And I learned some things from this fight. It was a fight that really wasn't fair. Uh, it was a fight, and I'm going to be straight up honest with you, it was a fight with a girl. <laughs> no. Um, I didn't want to fight her. But she left me no choice. <laughs> See, the girls, in, you got to understand, the girls in my neighborhood, yeah, like this particular girl in my neighborhood, her name was Lemmy Sims. Lemmy Sims was tough. Lemmy Sims was like a bulldog. Lemmy Sims did not play. She was in the Sims family, so she knew she had backup, but she was something else. And so Lemmy Sims uh, came to me and was upset about something I did, and she pushed me. She didn't push me like a girl push. She pushed me like the strongest guy I had ever been pushed by. And I was trying to be the, the gentleman here. So the more I became a gentleman, the more she pushed, and the more she began to just take advantage of me not fighting her back. I mean, and then she started doing things. I learned from this one fight, I learned some things. I learned about technique, I learned about timing, I learned about rhythm, I learned about movement, all aspects of a fight. And listen, in the fight, you gotta learn that. You just can't just say, I'm gonna go fight. Because when you go and you're not prepared for the fight, you're going to lose. Even though you have all the skill set, even though you've been all, you got certain things about you, the best fighters have understand these things. And I learned this with Lemmy Sims. The same thing is with us as believers in the church. It's the first thing you gotta understand. If we're gonna win the fight of the future, we gotta be aware of the environment. You gotta be aware of the environment. Let's stop acting like we don't see what's happening in the world. Let's like, I don't wanna see that, I don't know. We gotta know what we're praying for. We gotta know what we're fighting for. We gotta be aware of what's happening. You don't have to be in the world, but you gotta know what the world is going on. Understand the environment that you're in. You see, I'm not afraid of going into a club. I'm not. I'll walk in a bar, I'll walk in a club. I'm not afraid of it, but I understand the environment. And I've been put in those situations before where I had to go in somewhere to do something that maybe um, this is not my normal situation, but I'm not afraid. But I'm not intentionally walking up into a bar and sitting there and just hanging out there. Hey, just give me a glass of water. I'm fine. No. See, you've got to understand the environment. Some of the people that are losing their fight and faith is that they're putting themselves in environments they should not be in. 
some of the greatest leaders, some of the greatest potential, some of the greatest people who are called in the local church to serve the mission, they got into the wrong environment. They need to get into the right environment. This is why I don't speak against this. I believe in technology. But some of you who are watching this right now, some of you who have parked and stayed home, that environment of home is for a particular reason, and it was for a particular season. But God is saying you got to get back into the environment where your faith is built up in the community of other believers. But where we can sharpen each other. Amen. It's time to put on church clothes and get out of the PJs. Come on, come on. We all did it. Come on. Remember the pandemic? You wore the same stuff every day. You were talking about your own self like, this is ridiculous. Why am I putting this on today again? And you just got comfortable with it. We got comfortable not shaving, comfortable just the gray hairs came out during the pandemic, didn't it? But at some point, I remember one day, I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of this environment. This is not good. I mean, I've watched everything on Netflix. Everything, like everything, just everything on that. I mean, literally, you know you're in the wrong environment when you've watched everything on TV. <laughs> Be aware of the environment. Know the traps your opponent is using. I wasn't aware of the environment with Lenny Sims. So she's just sitting there, you know, and hitting me. And it was like, let me stop now, stop. And I was too close to her. I didn't realize. I need to put some distance. I didn't realize. And before I knew it, let me put me in a headlock that I couldn't get out of. I didn't know a girl could be that strong. I really was trying to get out. But my ears were burning because she had me in such a headlock. Know your environment. Here's the second thing about a fight. Stay at a distance from your opponent. The only way your opponent can hit you is that they're close to you. There are certain things that people have gotten back into that the mission that God said get away from, they've gotten too close to it. And now the enemy has tempted you and you've given in to that. Keep your distance. Doesn't mean that you're better People will say, why you don't come around anymore? That's not that I don't think I'm better than you. I understand the mission and the assignment that God has on my life. And the future is at stake. So I just can't come. I just can't do that. I just can't have that conversation with you. I can't be on social media with a fake name and acting like I'm somebody else. I just can't do that. Why? That's a trap. You're going to get put in a spiritual headlock that you're not going to be able to get out of. And there's some people who are living in addiction to porn and things such as that because they got too close. Here's the third thing that I learned in my fight against Lemmy Sims to keep your guards up. Everybody say, keep your guards up. You have to defend yourself. How do we keep our guards up as believers? Here's how we keep our guards up. It's with the Word of God. I love what the Word of God says. Meditate in the Word of God day and night. Do according to all that is written therein, James and uh, Joshua 1 and 8. Do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. We've got to keep our guards up by by confessing the Word of God, not just reading it, but making the Word of God your one-two punch. 
I, I call my one-two punch the word of God in worship. There's sometimes I literally turn off music and I just, uh, I, I literally go into a place of just, this is a word fast. I call word fast. I have a fast on the word of God. And what I'm going to listen to all week is the word of God. What I'm going to think about all week is the word of God. So in my car, no music. I'm just playing. I just got the word playing. I got the Bible playing. I got messages playing. I'm just putting the word of God in my heart now when I don't need it so it'll be there for me when I do need it. Keep your guards up because the enemy comes at you. Lenny Sims had a one-two punch too. She had things going on that I didn't know she could do. And then, you know, she would punch me like a guy, but then she will come out, you know, out of nowhere with this girl fight thing and start clawing and scratching. <laughs> Guys don't do that. You ever been in a fight with a guy and start scratching you? I mean, come on. You know you're not really fighting with a guy all the way. Come on, somebody, if you know what I'm saying. But she's just punching me one, two, and then like, ow, ow. Did you just scratch me after you punched me? Here's the next thing you have to understand. If you're in a fight, you've got to aim for your opponent's weak spot. Aim for the opponent's weak spot. You know what Satan's weak spot is? He has many, but one of his weak spots, he hates to see you living for God. He hates to see you no longer bound by the things of your past. He hates to see a husband being a husband. He hates to see marriages happy. He hates to see families serving God. He hates to see that. That's his weak spot. When you, when you used to, like, curse people out, now all of you do is you like, you know, and I, I get it. I used to curse. Believe it or not, I used to curse. I was, a, I was good at it. I practiced. I was the oldest of five, so I learned how to curse and I practice on my brothers and sisters. I don't even know why my mom would leave me in charge. I'm glad she did because I learned some things. But mom would leave me in charge and I would watch when she's going. She's like, you in charge. And I want everything to be the same when I get back. Do you understand me? Yes, ma'am, I understand. I'm like, and I see her go. As soon as she goes, I see the car go out of the, the apartment complex we lived in, I turn around and I just start going at them. I'm going to tell you right now, you blankety blank, you blankety blank blank, you blankety blank. I just went up down my brothers and sisters just cursing. Just, and one day I was doing it, I thought I had it, I was awesome, and they were all quiet, and I thought, finally, finally I got their attention. They listening to me. I'm cursing. What I didn't realize is that I'm cursing them out and standing right behind me is mom. I thought she was gone. And, and so she's like, my nickname growing up was Butch. She's like, Butch, why are you, how you, those are my children. I remember her saying this. These are my children. I had them, not you. And where'd you learn how to curse like that? I wanted to say so bad where I learned how to curse like that. What I wanted to say is, Mom, I learned it from you. But how many know I didn't say that? Amen. It's like, I learned Pookie them, Pookie. Pookie taught me how to curse like that. <laughs> I see you guys have some pookies in your neighborhood. And some of you may be pookie. 
don't be who you used to be. Show the enemy that it's his weak spot when he can't get you to trap the way that he used to trap you. Here's the next thing I learned in my fight. And Lenny Sims, it applies to us fighting for the future, <clears throat> is establish your balance. Establish your balance. Stay on your feet. I get it. It gets tired at times. It gets overwhelming at times. And I've learned something over the last few years that I did not learn or I did not practice. Actually, in church, I was taught that you've got to be always 24 hours on, always for God. You know, we're the first Walmart, you know, 24 hours, never, never closed down. Listen, there has to be a work-life balance, a church-life balance, a God-life balance. I can have God in everything I do, but I've also learned the importance of rest. I've also learned the importance of saying no. I've learned the importance of doing certain things that help me stay in the fight and not get unbalanced. See, when I, fight, when I was fighting Lemmy, I, I didn't have a balance. I didn't have my, I just kind of just standing there. And, um, and, she, and she was a big girl. She was a big girl. And so she, she literally, when she pushed me, I fell down. And when I fell down, she got on top of me and held my arms down. And I truly was trying to get up. I couldn't. And I realized that if I'd have had my feet balanced, even though her punch was hard, it wouldn't have knocked me down. And so many people in, the, in church have been knocked down and not stayed on their feet. They don't have balance in their life. And it's opposite. Some people have more balance in the world and no balance in church. They fish and golf and hobbies, and they got all these great things going on, and that's great. I got all these things that God has blessed me with, but they worship their car, and they worship their golf, and they worship all of their hobbies, and they have no love for God. They have no balance for God, and therefore, they get knocked off their feet, and golf cannot get you out of what God can get you out of. Here's the next thing I learned in my fight with Lemmy Sims. In fighting for the future, we can do the same thing. As I learn in a fight to be as loud as possible. Here's what I mean. Call for help. When Lemmy had me on the ground, had my arms pinned, I did the weakest thing that a man or a boy could do in, in, in elementary school. I screamed for help. Somebody help me. And guess who helped me? My sister came and pushed Lemmy off the top of me. But here's the thing about those of us in church and people in church as they're fighting and believing it for the mission. They think the same way I thought, um, and I grew up as a kid, I can't ask for help. Some people need to ask for help. It's okay to scream for help. Listen, I'm struggling here. Hey, listen, I, can't, I need help. Can somebody help me? Stop being so proud. God is an assignment on your life, but don't let the enemy keep you in this place of pride that you can't ask for help. And I get it. The church has been known for punishing people when they ask for help, but not this church and not the church of Christ and the church of God. Listen, we've got to get to a place where we can ask for help. We've got to ask for help. There was a, a saying that says that you will fight like you train. 
You will fight like you train. This is what I love about this conference. This is training. This is training. We're training right now. It's not sexy right now. It's not really sexy when you're training. It's not really sexy when you're sweating. It's not really sexy when you're working out and doing all those things. But you, and when it comes to time, there'll be a fight. You will, you will fight like you are trained, like you train. So take in every session. Take in every word. Don't think about who's speaking and think about what they're speaking about. If they're speaking the word of God, that's training. And receive it right now. If God is highlighting things in your heart, and I know he is, as you're hearing this, God is saying some things to you. And he's saying, listen, this is for you. Somebody here, someone listening needs to ask for help. It's a trap of the devil to keep you in a place, I don't need help. I'm good. You know how difficult it was for me? Everybody's watching. In elementary back in the day when you got into a fight, the whole school showed up. <laughs> and it was the talk of everything. It was on the bus. Everybody was talking about, you heard what happened yesterday? What happened? Let me see this beat up Lee. <laughs> and he was crying and asking for help. I'm okay with that. To this day, I ask for help. Don't ever be too prideful and too powerful and too titled that you can't ask for help because that's how you win in a fight. Ephesians chapter 6 says this, and I'm going to wrap this up. Are you being blessed by this today? God has given us everything we need to win in the fight. Like a boxer, you have to go into the battle prepared, and God's given us everything we need. But look what Ephesians chapter 6 says. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. He goes right back and says, stand. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the, the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your, your, your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all taking the shield of faith which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. See, it's important to know that the enemy is not going to stop fighting you. He's not going to stop coming at you. He's going to throw darts at you, but greater is he that lives in you than the darts that are coming at you from the enemy. Verse 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end. Well, the last time I looked, this is not over. Stay watchful. Stay in the game. Keep serving. As Pastor Eric talked about volunteering and being a part of it, serving the cause. Be, stay in the game to the end. Somebody's looking forward to you to greet them. Somebody, a mother, believe it or not, we talk about this all the time, that mothers and, and fathers bring their children so that they can have a break. That is a part of children's ministry. That is a part of it. They do need a break because they need a break, but they need more than a break. They need a breakthrough. And God has called you to serve in that nursery. 
God has called you to be in the parking lot. You know what? There's some people that even though they ignore you all the time, they love seeing you in the parking lot, telling them where to park. Stay to the end. Everybody say to the end. With all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. This is not just for Pastor Richard and Pastor Nancy. It's not just for Pastor Lee and Brother So-and-so. It is for you as well. Stay in the fight to the end. All the saints. All the saints. All the saints stay in the fight. And as I close, I want to encourage you. In boxing, there's this terminology when a boxer is fighting and that boxer is losing and it looks like this boxer is going to be injured or maybe uh, even worse in the terms of uh, his long-term effects, the, the manager or his team does something what they call throw in the towel. They, they, even though the boxer is standing there, boom, 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 taking hits, the manager throws in the towel saying it's over. I'm gonna encourage you not to throw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel on the mission that God has called you. Stay mission-minded. And the towels that so many people are throwing in in the church I see, and I've had the privilege, I'm honored to stand here. My pastor uh, went on a sabbatical uh, in February and just came back uh, from his sabbatical last Sunday, and when he left, he says, the only way I'll leave to go on the sabbatical is that Lee Wilson will step in as the interim pastor. And I stepped in, uh, and I got a chance to see pastoring from a place that I'd never seen it before. It's a church of 2,000, a church that's made up of every type, 32 different um, nations of, of people. And, you know, and I, I've had the chance over the last six months to see firsthand in this pandemic, what people are, how people are quitting and giving up on the mission, and they're using, the enemy used the same tactics, whether it's in St. Louis or here in Los Angeles or in Syracuse, New York, or in other parts of the world. Don't throw in the towel of doubt. Doubt is a disbelief or a uncertainty. I want you to know that God is not finished. The Bible says that, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Don't throw in the towel of doubt. Don't throw in the towel because of fear. God has not given you the spirit of fear. You can do this. You can overcome this. I, you know, I used to be able to sing in the clubs and sing in this and sing in that. And it's like, I don't know how I can stand on the stage and sing for God. Oh, my gosh. You think if you sung for the devil, how much more can you sing for God? How much more can you play for God? Don't be afraid. Don't throw in the towel of fear. Don't throw in the towel of your past. So many people allowing their past to dictate what God says you're supposed to do in the future. And you allow your past to keep you in this place of not being mission-minded. Your past is a setup for God to use you. Your past, look what you went through. You know you should be dead. You know you should be in prison. You know you have no, in the natural, you should not have the house, the car, the family, the husband. You should not have the things that you see in your life that God's using your past to set you up in the future, but don't allow your past to keep you in the past. 
I remember I got this revelation. I grew up, my nickname was Butch in my neighborhood. You know, that's one of the signs you're from the hood. If you have a nickname, you ever wondered if you were from the hood? If you have a nickname, you are from the hood. Just the truth. If your name been Becky all your life, you didn't go to the hood. I'm telling you right now. Hi, Becky. Hey, Becky. Everybody knows you as Becky. <laughs> but my nickname growing up was Butch. And I remember I did not want to be called Butch anymore. Because everybody identified me as Butch. My own family. My mom. At church, when I got saved, they started calling me Brother Butch. <laughs> I'm not joking. And at 16, I accepted the call of God on my life. And I didn't want to be known as Butch anymore. So I decided I'm not going to be Butch anymore. And if you call me, I told everybody in my life, don't call me Butch, call me Lee. That's my name. That's my name. I'm Lee Richard Wilson, Jr. So I want you to call me by my teachers. I said, don't call me Butch. I don't care. My coaches, don't call me Butch. Call me Lee. I told everybody. And most people listen except my mom. And so, one day, I, I told them, they were trying to call me Butch, I would say, and I tried to be respectful, I say, please, can you start calling me Lee? Listen, boy, I had you, you didn't have me. I've been calling you that all your life, you're going to always be Butch to me. So one day, I, the, I thought the best idea in the world was to teach my mom, I am not Butch anymore. So one day, I heard her calling my name, Butch, Butch. It's the last time. Butch, come, come in here. And I, she came in the room, and she said, boy, didn't you hear me call you? I was like, you call Butch. My name is Lee. Let's just say, I didn't know my mom could move that fast. Don't allow your past. Ephesians says this in Ephesians 4.22, that you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I'm going to talk a little more about this in our sessions to come. But be renewed in the spirit of your mind, mission-minded. The only way you're going to get to a place where you're thinking mission-minded, even when you're not at a mission-minded conference, is you have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put off the new man, which was created according to God in the true righteousness and holiness. Here's the next thing, is the towel of impatience. Don't throw in the towel of so, so impatient. Some people are like, when God, when, when? When is when God says it's time, not when you say it's time. If I have to serve anywhere, I'm not going to argue with God. If the nursery is where God tells me to serve until, and people ask, what's the will of God for my life? The will of God for your life is the last thing that God said to you. And God, if he didn't, has he not spoken to you to serve anywhere else? You keep serving. Don't be impatient. Some people give up and quit and throw in the towel right when God is like, okay, time for a promotion. 
the tall of others. We allow other people to keep us from being mission-minded. We allow other people, what other people think of us, what other people say about us, what other people do to us and have done to us, we allow that to keep us from being in the fight that God has called us to be in. Others' opinion of you is controlling your future. Others' opinion of you is keeping you from being used the way God wants you to be used. Here's the final towel, the towel of sin. We have to eliminate the sin in our lives if we're going to be mission-minded, if we're going to win the fight, the intentional sin, hypocrisy. There's just certain things we just shouldn't be doing anymore. It's time to grow up. You shouldn't be giving people the finger now. After all these years, you shouldn't be giving people the finger. I mean, come on. How elementary. You grown person, you. You are mean mugging somebody and giving them. "Mm, mm, mm." All on your car, new harvest, Jesus, God. Step out the church. Step out, you got a t-shirt that said everything the Bible's ever said. You get into a fight with somebody at a parking lot in Walmart because you want to get closer. That's the kind of sin I'm talking about. Just stuff that don't even make sense anymore. That's keeping you from where God wants you to be. Mad at people and saying, I'm not mad. What you mad at? Nothing. Or you go into this little place of yourself where you're just folding your arms and get quiet on everybody so people can ask you what's wrong and you can say nothing, something's wrong. (laughs) Romans chapter 8 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. we got to change before we can truly carry out the mission, before we can truly finish the fight and win the fight. There's some things we got to eliminate in our life. we got to eliminate those intentional sins that we just know we shouldn't be doing anymore. Amen? Stand on your feet. I want to pray. God's intention is not only that we fight for our future, but that we fulfill our future. His intentions for you are very clear, and that's to win. From the very beginning, he put everything in you that you needed. We just close your eyes and just, I just want you to hear what God's intentions are for you as you stand today, as you listen to this. Leaders, pastors, volunteers, associates, what God's intentions are for you, the Bible makes it clear in Ephesians 2 and 10 for we are his workmanship. You're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead that you should walk in them. 
I pray over you that you walk in God's intentions for yourself, that there's good works in your life, that, you are, that God prepared for you, that you will walk in them, that you will think in them, that you will speak in them. Jeremiah 1 and 5, God says, I, before, uh, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. I pray over you in the name of Jesus that how God formed you in your mother's womb. And that was for you to do what you're called to do. That you're sanctified in God. You're ordained to do what you've been called to do. To finish the fight that God has for you. In the name of Jesus. You see, what God originates, he orchestrates. He originated you. He called you for such a time as this. Fight for your future so that the future of the church, the future of this next generation, have examples to look to, have men and women to look to, to say, that's how you win a fight. That's how you stay in a fight. That's how you recover from a fight. That's how you walk by faith. That's how you be a husband. That's how you serve in, the, in church. That's how you worship in church. That's how you commit to a church. That's how you live for God and Jesus name. Amen and amen. God bless you.